Good morning, church. Great to see all of you here. I uh, want to make a statement before I start, and that is you won't see Nettie here. It is not because of the topic. <laughs> she uh, attended the first service and uh, left with a smile, so uh, I've not received any death threats yet. But as Judy said, it's still early days. Let's see what happens. You may want to turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 3. We're going to deal with the first six verses. But before we do that, I spent some time in this uh, last week thinking of an appropriate title for this morning. And I, originally I was thinking to have the title in line with the previous three Sundays, where you may remember in 1 Peter 2 from verse 13, we learned about how to submit to a government or governmental authorities. And the title was How to Be Good in a bad world. And then we learned to submit to a boss or any authority, anyone for whom you perform a task. And uh, that title was How to Be Good at a Bad Job. And the last time we learned about salvation, and the title was The Good Solution to a Bad Situation. So I was thinking of uh, calling or the, of using the title for today, How to Be a Good Wife to a Bad Husband. But Nettie advised me that that probably will alienate some of you, so I changed it under good advice to the good wife and those who love her. But the word for today is submit. Not a popular word, is it? Or as, uh, as our text says, to be subject to. Not a popular topic. Yet the Bible speaks openly and very directly about this topic, so we dare not bypass the topic. And just to remind us, the meaning of submission is when you willingly place yourself under the authority of someone else. And then the biblical understanding adds, even if that one or that institution that you willingly place yourself under is unfair or unreasonable. So you can't say, because the government is unreasonable, not going to submit. Can't do that. Not according to the Bible. And here's just a list of subjects that the Bible deals with in relation to submission or to be subject to. We have to submit to God. We have to submit to the government. We have to submit to masters if you work for, for someone. You have to submit to the elders, and there are two references to, to that. You have to submit to one another, Ephesians 2. Children must submit to their parents, Ephesians 6 and Colossians 3. And then there are three references in the New Testament only for wives to submit to their husbands. Ephesians 5, Colossians 3, and then 1 Peter 3 that we'll deal with today. But I think you'll agree with me that uh, this idea of submission, the whole idea of submission is under attack. And it's been for many years. You'll hear much about uh, my rights. It is my right to do this. And because my rights are not adhere to, I, I am upset and I'm offended, and because I'm offended now, you must change. I always wonder if that would then offend me, where would that end up? If it offends me that you are offended by what I do, it just becomes a vicious circle and we won't get anywhere. So as far as submission in general is concerned, no concept of submission is more fervently under attack than the one that we are about to investigate. Wives, be subject to your own husbands. So I don't want to be insensitive 
And I know that there are circumstances that may give you, uh, and probably will give you, reason to argue against submission in any circumstance, and then specifically in the marriage relationship. Uh, Nettie and I have uh, a number of rules in our house that we believe can be biblical, uh, but one of the things is that uh, I'm, I'm the boss in our house, and I have her permission to say so. And uh, the way we make decisions is very easy. We just we divide it. I decide about all the big things, and she decides about the small things. Uh, I decide about uh, world politics and global warming, and she decides what we do when and where. But seriously, wife, writes Peter, be under the authority of your own husband willingly. Why are so many organizations and institutions and self-help seminars and women in general so against this concept of wives submitting? One of the reasons is that some men are poor at being what they should be, according to God's rule. And another reason is that the liberal agenda is to subvert God's design. You can call it feminism or liberalism. But men also contribute to the rebellion against submissive wives. They do that by not being the loving leaders that they should be. They also help wives to rebel against God's design by confusing submission with control. In marriage counseling, often the husbands will say, Pastor, if you can just help me to get my wife under control, everything will be fine. I remember so many times when we counsel young couples before they get married, we, we tell them that in general, when husbands and wives go and get married, when they stand there before the altar and they're ready to make their vows, the wife stands there and she's got a whole list of things that she would hope her husband would change. She wants change. And the husband stands there, and as he sees his bride walk down the aisle, he says, oh, I so hope she never changes. She must just stay like this, exactly like this. But life tends to be unexpected, doesn't it? And it tends to throw us curveballs. And you may sit here and say, but hang on, you know, I'm not at the moment a wife. I'm unmarried, may have been divorced, husband may have died, or I'm still single, I've not been married yet, or I'm not ready to listen to this because I'm a husband and I'm going to let my wife have it after this. Well, careful because there's something in it for all of us and you may be disappointed or convicted. I want to give an illustration of the concept of control, real life situation. I had a chat with two of my friends not too long ago. We had coffee and uh, the conversation went to Married life. And uh, specifically with regards to controlling our wives. And friend number one, we'll call him Jacko, says, I've got my wife under control. And this is how it plays out in my house. When I arrive home from work, my wife waits at the door for me, bows respectfully, gives me a hug and a kiss, walks with me to my favorite chair, takes off my shoes, brings me my favorite glass of wine, under control. Friend number two, we'll call him Joe, to protect the innocent. My wife serves me breakfast in bed. She lays out my clean clothes after she's cleaned my shoes the previous night. 
Before I go to work, she helps me get dressed, make sure that my tie is on straight. And when I get home from work, a warm bath awaits me. She sings lullabies to me every night, and I never have to do the dishes. <laughs> Under control. I was silent. After a few uncomfortable minutes, Joe asked, And you? Both my friends looking expectantly at me to see my reaction. Do you have Nettie under control? To which I replied, just this morning, Nettie approached me on, hand, on hands and knees. New respect in their faces. What happened next? This is what I said, honestly answered. Nettie replied, as she approached me on hands and knees, get out from under the bed and fight like a man. Now, you may think, that's not submission. Yes, it is. Because Nettie helps me to do what I'm supposed to do to help her submit. And she needs me to stand up like a man when I need to stand up like a man. Obviously, she didn't really do this, but it illustrates the point. First Peter 3, verse 1 to 6 is often wrongly interpreted as the verses that want to control wives. And control is not the intention at all. And as with all verses in the Bible that speaks of submission, it is always an, an attitude of the heart that shows up in our actions, and the goal is to glorify God. It is an attitude and an action that follows the attitude that shows the value of your God. So let's read together. Wives, submit. First Peter 3 from verse 1. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives, when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are her children, if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. So let's see what Peter teaches regarding submission, as we learn about the good wife and those who love her. And according to the history of the Baptist Church in South Africa that you learn more about when you come to Sem Cafe, there are three points. And first point is the purpose of submission. The second point is the example of submission. And the third point is the practice of submission. But because life happens and things often get... Uh, or something unexpected happened, I'm going to go contrary to the Baptist tradition and don't start with point number one. And you'll see why later. We'll start with point number two. I'm not going to cut out point number one, so don't, don't be glad yet. Point number two says the example of, of submission. We find that in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. 
For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you hear, and you are her children, if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. So Peter uses Sarah as an example. I want to use the example to help us understand what the uh, purpose is. So Peter, Peter uses uh, Sarah and includes her in the holy woman. So just some highlights of uh, Sarah's life. She was Abram's wife, we know that. And some of the uh, interesting and not so godly things that she did is she encouraged Abraham to have an extramarital affair. And then she also, before that, even laughed at the prophecy of angels. And she got so jealous when the extramarital affair actually worked that she chased the girlfriend into the desert to die. God intervened and God made different plans, and you can read about that in Genesis. What about the husband, Abraham? He's best remembered for his willingness and ability to trust God. Yes, leaving his father's house, allowing cousin Lot to choose the better region because of a family dispute, trusting God to provide for him in spite of not-so-wise decision about the area where he wanted to farm. Even arguing with God about wiping out Sodom and Gomorrah. But he was very eager to have the affair. And he was complicit in the harsh action against the girlfriend. So just another married couple. With sinful challenges. And sinful reactions. But, here's what Peter says. These holy women, who hoped in God, used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. So the example of these women worth imitating is their hope in God that is showed in their submission to their husbands. The holy woman, a holy woman, does not hope for a better husband. Their hope is in God. They go to God first when husband fails. They trust God when he does not acquiesce to their request. And listen for a burki, that's impressive, eh, to say that. Acquiesce to their request. It means, if you don't know, like I didn't before I looked it up, it means even when God does not answer their prayers, they still trust in him. So do you see, as with every other command for submission to those entities that I listed earlier, like with every one of them, the motivation, the reason to submit is the reliability and sovereignty of God. You may think you have all the reason in the world to not submit to any of those institutions. And ladies, even to your husband, you may give me a whole list of reasons why you should not and, and could not and does not want to or do not want to submit to them. But God can be taken at his word, even when it makes no logical sense. Even when there is all the reason in the world for you not to submit, you do that because you trust God. Even when you cannot trust your husband, you trust and you can trust God. How? How do you do that? How do you show that? What is the best active action that you can take by submitting to your husband? Like Sarah submitted to Abraham. Sarah showed her trust in God to such an extent that she called Abraham Lord. 
Some of you may know that my first name is Abraham. And I try and apply this to Nettie. She's not yet called me Lord, but she does have some names for me. So just explain the meaning of the word Lord here. The Greek word is kurios. And it means he to whom a person or thing belongs, about which he has power of deciding, a master or a lord, the possessor and disposer of a thing. Not saying that the wives are things, I'm just trying to explain the meaning of the word. So when Sarah called Abraham Lord, she said, I belong to you, I submit to you, because I trust God. So Nettie has some names for me, and I know when she calls me Abraham, I'm in trouble. Then it takes a while for me to come back to Boki, which is another endearing term for me. But she sometimes calls me Baba. It's not the Afrikaans word for baby, although I can understand if that's what you think. She actually means Baba, as in the Zulu word for father or old man. And it is her name of respect and endearment for me. And you'll hear it in her tone of voice when she says to me, Baba. Sarah called Abraham Lord, not because of Abraham, but because of God. So ladies, those who are married, is your attitude towards your husband like Sarah's attitude? If not, and according to Peter's example, you're showing a distrust, not in your husband, but you're showing, you're showing a distrust in God. So there's the dangerous part behind us. It doesn't get worse from here. It may stay more or less the same. But I'm feeling that I, I think I'll, I'll get through without anyone throwing anything at me. So we go back to point number one. Purpose of submission. 1 Peter 3 verse 1 and 2. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. So you'll see that verse 1 starts with likewise, and whenever you see that, you need to go back and decide what is this likewise, what is it like? It's like something that we just read. What is it? Well, it can be referring to one of two things. It can refer back to the previous submissions, like submitting to authority and submitting to masters, meaning that in the same way as this, these submissions work, in the same way, you need to now apply the submission. But it can, it can also mean the example of Jesus in how he submitted and his motivation for submission. So according to 1 Peter 2 verse 23, the second part, Jesus continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. So I go along with the commentators who believe that the likewise here refers firstly to the example of Jesus. So we imitate Jesus in his submission in suffering. Jesus suffered much more, ladies, much more than you can ever suffer under any husband. It is his example that we follow when we submit. Jesus submitted to an evil authority. Why? Because it was his Father's will. And maybe knowing the purpose and the potential outcome of your submission will help motivate you to do better, and maybe even to try again. And husbands, you dare not use the elbow in any of these points. You dare not sigh and give that glance, because you'll be in trouble on my last point. So just sit there and keep your face straight, 
Fortunately, some of you have masks. Just hang in there. There's something for us as well. Look at verse 1 and 2 again. So that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see, husbands see, your respectful and pure conduct. One of the most beautiful things and best things that Neti can ever do for me is to pray for me to become more godly. And if you speak to her, she will tell you that sometimes she prays for months before she sees a change. Don't laugh, it happens to you as well. Why would any wife submit to her husband? Why? Well, firstly, because God says so. God says you must, and that should actually be a good enough reason. But there's another, and even, if I dare say, a more noble reason for you to do so. Just look at the possible outcome of your submission. So if you ask any Christian wife, what, what is the best thing that you desire for your husband? If your husband is not a Christian, your highest priority desire and prayer is that your husband will become a Christian. And ladies, let's be honest, if your husband is a Christian, your highest priority and prayer for your husband is that your husband may become more Christ-like. Here's how. So that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. They surprise you to learn that Peter says, you're not going to get your husband to become a Christian or you're not going to get your Christian husband to become more Christ-like by firstly evangelizing him, by nagging to him, for him to go to church, by pleading to, for him to pray with you, by leaving tracts on strategic places in the house so you would find it and read it, by inviting the pastor to come and visit and then frowning at the pastor if he doesn't get on with the gospel. It is your respectful attitude. You're submitting to him while you trust God completely in that situation. That may turn him to God. And like so many things, unexpected, would not be my plan. Would not be the way that we as humans will work it out. But that's God's plan. And it's such, such an amazing plan. It is as and when your wayward husband sees how you trust God by submitting to your husband that the Holy Spirit may wake him up again or wake him up for the first time to the truth of who Jesus Christ is. Ladies, do you want your husband to be more saintly? Do you want him to lead family devotions? Do you want him to be more Christ-like? Then submit. Wife, the purpose for your submission is that by following the example of Jesus in his submission, you display the character of Jesus that will attract those whose names are written in the book of life to respond to the good news about Jesus as you live out your Christ-like attitude. That is God's purpose for your submission. We're not going to throw in a point number four. I'm not going to be that unexpected. We'll go to point number three. The practice of submission. What does this mean for all of us? So you may sit here and say, well, I'm not sure if this is for me. I'm quite okay. I think, uh, I think I'll be fine. I actually don't want a wife ever. I see some nods. But you're married. You can't say that. How can we become known as a community 
dare I say, here at Hillcrest Baptist Church, where wives live out their roles according to the Bible and according to the biblical view of submission, not according to the warped view of the world. How can we become known as that? 1 Peter 3, verse 3 and 4. Do not let your adorning be external. I, I see some frowns already. Hang in there. I'll explain it. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. So here's a quick test. How much effort and money, ladies, do you spend on looking good? Now compare that to how much effort and money you spend on being good. You see, verse 3 and 4 makes it clear that to be a good wife means to have a beauty on the inside. And it also says that that's the beauty that lasts. Every so often you have to replace that beautiful dress, right? Because it's not beautiful anymore. You wear out the shoes and you've got to replace them. Makeup that works today doesn't work tomorrow. If you go and visit people in Gauteng, whatever creams you put on just doesn't work there. It's not enough. You have to double up. What it means is you don't be focused on being more beautiful by putting things on the outside. It's not the hairdo or the lips or the teeth or the eyebrows or the muscle tone, not the jewelry or the skinny jeans. True beauty is inside. In God's sight, the good wife is the one who puts on the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty, imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. That's not what the world wants. What the world wants is the Meghan Merkels of the world who splashes her complaints against her husband's family out on the world television shows for a fee of seven million, but that doesn't matter. Dollars no harm. Meghan and actresses like Emma Scott adorn themselves with braiding of hair and putting on of gold jewelry and the clothing they wear. Ladies, who said that the skinny model on the cover of the magazine is the standard of beauty? Who said that? Not God. But you can understand why in some churches the women are not allowed to do their hair or to wear makeup or pretty clothes. It is because of Peter. But those extremes or those extreme reactions are because of a misinterpretation of Peter's intent. The purpose of Peter's instruction is meant to bring about a priority shift. It is not the one or the other. The question is, where is your focus? What is it that you pay more attention to? What has the greater value for you? Is it your outer beauty or your inner beauty? God says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, remember? Psalm 149, verse 14. And he wasn't speaking about a specific type of person. He wasn't limiting it to a body structure or color of eyes or color of skin or type of hair. When God made man according to the historic account of creation, he looked at his handiwork. And he looked into the future to all people because he is all-wise and ever-present, including to you here today, you who, you who dislike your hair or your cheeks or your weight 
or your belly fat or your backside or your teeth. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. So ladies, by all means, because we live in a sin-cursed world and body odor happens, do the hair, put on the body putty, whichever you want to do, spray the perfume, it helps all of us, specifically helps you to be comfortable in your situation. But don't focus on a false and temporary beauty of the body. Put on more and more of the beauty of the character of Jesus. That is true beauty. And according to Peter, the beauty of the character who trusts God by submitting to her husband. So, when we put up those three points on uh, the screen, all of you expected me to follow points one, two, and three. Like we always do, right? Well, things don't always turn out like you expected to. Wives, your husbands did not turn out like you expected to. Some even better, but maybe worse. But in spite of these unexpected changes, you must want to submit. So what if you are in an impossible situation? What if you are in an abusive relationship? What if your husband makes it almost impossible for you to submit? Then you trust God, but you seek help. And you display your good character in all situations. And should your husband break any law through assault or fraud or molestation, you forgive when he asks, but you also hand him over to the police. What about friends and family? Well, friends of wives and family of wives encourage wives to trust God by submitting to their own husbands. Help if and when they need help. Give your troubled friend and family member everlasting hope by reminding them of God's plan of eternal life through Jesus Christ. See, this life is not the main event. It's a precursor. So what can this life bring us that will not be forgetful in eternity? What about husbands? If you are not helping your wife to submit, if you are working against God's plan and you, and you continue or even sometimes do anything in your character or in your laziness or in your self-absorbed way of life, if you do anything that prevents or makes it difficult for your wife to submit to you, then don't expect God to answer your prayers. Where do you get that? Well, read on. 1 Peter 3, verse 7. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. And like Auntie Judy always say, we don't have time to talk about that today. So you'll have to come back next time for us to talk about that. But know this, husbands, 
The warning again. Do you want God to answer your prayers? And you may be praying that your wife will change according to your definition of what a good wife would be. Why would God answer those prayers if you do not live with your wife in an understanding way? If you would ask me, am I a, am I a loving wife? Am I a loving husband to my wife? I hope the answer to that would be no, first one. If, I, if I'm a loving wife to my wife, my answer would be yes, but that doesn't count. You need to ask Nettie if I am a loving husband. You need to ask Nettie if I am helping her to submit to me. She is the referee in this case. So if your wife does not agree with the way that you are helping her or hindering her, you need to ask her. Then you need to go before God and repent. Let's pray. Father, as we uh, think about this topic, we realize that we ourselves so often in our minds and by reasoning and by looking at our circumstances find reason not to submit to any of the list of institutions and individuals that you command us to submit to. We find reasons. And then so often our wives have good reasons not to submit to us as husbands. Lord, so I pray firstly for husbands that we will be exemplary in the way that we lovingly lead our wives and that we will create circumstances, that we will change how we live our lives as husbands so that they will have no reason but to willingly and eagerly submit to our loving leadership. And I do pray for our wives. I do pray for those who are struggling because of circumstances, because of difficult husbands, that you'll remind them of the purpose, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that they will not only be convinced, but totally convicted that this is the way to open the door for the Holy Spirit to work in their husbands' hearts. So Lord, we pray that as we think about these things, that we will become known as a church where our wives are exemplary in the way that they conduct themselves in their married life. Let our church be known as a church with good wives who have people who love them. Amen.